Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, church. Hey, I love Carol's testimony and how she said that even while she was still lost and lonely and desperate, she discovered that God believed in her and that He would move heaven and earth to get to her. You know, she said that she found that Jesus had become the the way, the truth and the life for her. And I want to tell you today, if that's not your story, that God has a plan for your life. He has a way that you should go and He wants to meet with you and give you fresh hope. Uh, in this season. You know, during our time together today, I want to encourage you to take some notes, maybe grab a piece of paper or your phone and just get ready for God to speak into your heart and life this morning. It's highly likely that you have heard of the story of Joseph. You know, he was the guy in the Bible who owned the cloak, this bright cloak of many colours. He was a highly conspicuous character and I think he loved it. You know, it's also recorded that Joseph was actually his father's favourite son out of 11 others at that time. He was daddy's boy and he'd be like, hey, you know, if you didn't notice my cloak, if you didn't realise how important I was in my family, you should see my dreams. You know, that Joseph, he also had these incredible dreams that had been given to him about his future and he would brag, you He would brag and tell his brothers about these dreams and how big he was going to be in the future. And in uh, Genesis 37, he says, hey, listen to this dream. We were out in a field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed down low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you're going to be our king, do you? Do you actually think you're going to reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. And then Joseph had another dream and he told them about this one. And he said, you know, the sun, the moon and the stars, they all bowed down before me. And at this point, you know, his brothers are just like, I am over this boy, you know. And so they plotted to get rid of him and they attempted to erase his life and his dreams from this planet. They, they actually threw him into a pit and then he was sold as a slave and he ended up in a prison in a foreign nation, the nation of Egypt. And he endured this super long time being stuck in isolation and all these experiences totaled to about 12 years of his life, you know, waiting and wondering, will these dreams happen? Will my life actually even start. And then, you know, the Bible says when his father, when Jacob, Joseph's father was called Jacob, discovered that his son was gone, the Bible says that Jacob tore his clothes, that he put on sackcloth and he mourned for his son for many days. And the hope that he had for his son, you know, watching him grow up and become the man he was going to be, you know, was so devastating to him that he put on sackcloth. And sackcloth was actually worn by Jews at this time as an expression of grief and and mourning. And as I was reading through this passage earlier this week uh, about Jacob putting on sackcloth, you know, the Holy Spirit just specifically spoke to me and he said, you know, Joseph's dreams were not dead They were just delayed. And if you know the story, Joseph's dreams ultimately became a reality while he was a slave in prison. Uh, You know, God did not forget about him. 
He didn't forget about him. It was in this place of wilderness where Joseph actually became the man that he needed to be, you know, when he became second, you know, the second most powerful uh, figure in Egypt, uh, only second to the Pharaoh. And then years later, once Joseph has been put into this important place, Joseph is reunited with his brothers. And, and without bitterness, you know, he was able to say to his brothers these powerful words. And he said, you know, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I believe that God has a word of hope for you today, that the dreams that you've been carrying in your heart, you know, maybe the prophetic words that someone's spoken over you years ago, you know, the vision that you've been given about future you, you know, it's not dead and buried, it's just delayed in this season, that God wants to do a good work in your heart, in this wilderness space at this time. You know, if you've given your future to God, I want to tell you that your future is in good hands. He doesn't want you to wear sackcloth, you know, in this hour. He wants, you know, He wants to wrap you up with His presence. He wants to comfort you and He wants to lead you through this time. I love Isaiah 40, chapter, uh, verse 3. It says, In the wilderness... Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You know, this is talking to us about the space that we may find ourselves in today. And I want to encourage you to become expectant, to prepare our environment, to prepare our wilderness, to prepare our lives so that God can move mightily in this time. And so this week, talk, uh, this week, I just want to talk to you about how the victories in our wilderness and those moments will actually prepare us for our future. Let's check out another powerful victory moment in the wilderness from the Bible. You know, before the Israelites uh, entered into their promised land, they were literally wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And then God used this time to strengthen them and expand their capacity so that they would be ready to go where He was leading them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 3, Moses is giving this account of a victory that happened in the wilderness. It's from verse 8 to 11. It says, At that time we took from these two kings of the Amorites the territory east of the Jordan. We took all the towns on the plateau and all of Gilead and all of Bashan, as far as Selika and Idrei, the towns of Og's kingdom in Bashan. Og, the king of Bashan, was the last of the Rephraites. And these guys are giants. And it says that his bed was more than nine cubits long and four cubits wide. Now, I love this wilderness victory. And I love the fact that it was defined by the size of a giant's bed. This is the place where the, where the enemy, you know, was most at home, was most relaxed, you know, would sleep and rest. And if you were to convert the size of those cubics to metric, it, it, this bed actually equals over four metres long. You know, a, a standard New Zealand bed is just two metres in length. So 
King Og, he was one big unit. He, he was a big giant. He had big dreams on his big bed. And I want to tell you today that, you know, in this wilderness season, this is a place to partner with God to destroy the, the, the dreams that the enemy has for your life. Uh, this is a time to hunt out and remove what is whatever is uh, removing, uh, whatever is kind of hindering your personal growth. God wants to expand you and grow you in this season. In Romans 8 verse 5, it says this, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You know, King Og, he's one big unit. You know, he took up a lot of space. And if you're a giant, you're carrying around a lot of flesh. You know, just hypothetically, just, you know, if I was to ask you to compare the size of your spirit with the size of your flesh, what would have the biggest presence and the loudest voice within you? What part of us has the most influence over the decisions we make? Is it our spirit or is it our flesh? You know, I just want to propose, you know, that whatever we feed the most becomes the giant within us. In, in Romans 8 verse 6, it goes on to say, it says that the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You know, Craig Gishel, an amazing leader uh, in our world, uh, he says this, he says, you know, he says that our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thought. That our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thought. You know, the the flesh and the spirit, they are at war. And I want to say that today is a really good day to feed your spirit. Today is a really good day to empower your spiritual self. And and maybe it's been like, you know, for me, I've kind of been just wearing the same comfortable pair of tracksuit pants for the last three weeks just because they're so comfortable. And, And no matter how many times, you know, Debbie has told me to put them in the wash, they just they just seem to be worn by me every day. And I want to just say, you know, and I'm talking to myself here, let's not keep reaching for the most comfortable things and the most familiar things at this time. Let's just not go to the easiest option. I believe that in this wilderness space, in the space of lockdown, of isolation, you know, that we need to start thinking and dreaming about who God wants us to become. And where He wants to take us. You know, as a young man, Joseph had these dreams about where he wanted to go. Uh, But, you know, at that time when he was having these dreams, he was actually just not ready to be the man that God needed him to be to fulfill the role that he was called to do. You know, if we're not vulnerable, if we're not teachable, if we're not honest, if we're not faithful, you know, God is going to actually protect the world from us. He's actually not going to allow us to go out and hurt people. 
It says this in Galatians 5.25, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I want to encourage you today to develop a personal culture that says there's nothing more important in my life than what the Holy Spirit is doing and where He is leading me. So I've just got a few practical ways to help you keep in step with God's Spirit this morning. You know, there's a few do's and don'ts and even some questions just for you to ask yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to speak with you about. Here's a don't. You know, at this time, don't be overly focused on the news. There's a lot of bad news out there and it's important to stay updated. I get that. But just check in and check out. You know, guard the gateways of your heart. Don't let fear take up residence in regards to the worst case scenarios happening in our world. Another thing is don't get caught up in government or virus conspiracy theories. They just lead us to becoming increasingly suspicious in our heart and we get suspicious about the motivations of others and it leads us to thinking evil of people. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. And then it says, honour the emperor. And you'll notice that it refers to the emperor twice here. It says, submit and honour. And, and the, govern, uh, the, the writer sorry, of this text was actually under the government of Roman rulership, where they would kill Christians. So it was a pretty intense, terrible situation. Yet here Peter is saying, you know, we need to honour those who are over top of us. And so rather than condemning or speculating around our leaders, I believe that this is a time to pray for our leaders. You know, pray for Jacinda, pray for the Minister of Health, pray that the wisdom of heaven would be over our nation. In Romans 8, 14, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You know, we are identifiable by the way that we're behaving and how we're going. And we're going to be seen and noticed by the way that we are led by God. I've just got some questions for you that you can reflect on today and maybe help you clarify your spiritual purpose in life going forward. So you can write these down for a reflection. And I just, just make sure that you ask the Holy Spirit to help you answer these things. First one, who do I want to be? Very simple starting point. Who do I want to be? What is my vision for this season? You know, what am I dreaming about for my, for my life, for my family and my community? You know, from, from five to ten years from now. Here's another one. Do my dreams line up with God's value system? Do my goals have anything to do with loving others, serving others, leading others? Or perhaps am I dreaming about something that is actually past its use-by date that, you know, I've grown out of and, and that it's time to move on from and let it go? I believe that this is a time to start thinking about and dreaming about who God wants us to become and where He wants to take us 
in this wilderness season. You know, our dreams are not dead. They are just delayed. We are body, soul, and spirit. And perhaps, you know, you felt like you're in a spiritual wilderness for your whole life. You've never felt connected to God's heart or His great love for you. And I want to tell you today that Jesus desires to come into your heart. In 1 John 5 verse 5, it says this, Who is it that overcomes the world except for the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, believing in Him, putting our hope in Him, putting in our trust in Him, not necessarily understanding everything about our lives, but saying, God, I want to place my life into your hands is a great starting point, you know, for in, in our journey in relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you've never done that before. And I just want to invite you to ask Jesus to come into your life. And it's a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you've died for me. So let's just pray this prayer together. And you can make these words your own today. Jesus, I believe that you died for for me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you received all of my sin and all of my shame. I believe that you rose to life and I believe that you have set me free. And I believe that I am a new creation in you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.